Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. to the Retail Corner Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about running a retail business with heart as well with head. And in order to do that, we have two folks today that are joining us, the co-founders of uh, Two Blind Brothers, and they're Bradford and Brian Manning. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Even better than Brad. I'm extraordinary. That's uh, <laughs> just starting it on a really positive note. That's awesome. Now I have my own siblings and it's it's always a competition, right? But as long as it's a competition for a positive notice, then we're in good, good shape. So guys, tell me a little bit more about Two Blind Brothers. I, I know you guys were in the finance industry, right? That's where your careers really took off. That's where you were dedicated. And then what made you guys go over into retail? Uh, talk to me about the transition first, and then and then we can talk about what Two Blind Brothers are. Sure. I guess I'm the older brother, I guess. So I'll go first, like I do with most things. Um, but, <laughs> you know, so a little back backstory, Brian and I have an eye condition called Stargardt's disease, where you lose your center vision over time. We failed the kindergarten eye chart, started this hunt to figure out what had happened to our eyesight. We have this condition. It's incurable. You lose a lot of your center vision. You keep a lot of your peripheral vision. Our vision acuity is 2400 if that means anything to anyone and we sort of grew up you know sort of managing around that challenge and then about seven to eight years ago we were talking about um this medical revolution that was occurring there was a there was a patient um named yannick duet who got treated with a a, a new gene therapy um, for a rare eye condition that he had um, and he went from reading Braille to reading print. And wow. um, we, yeah, we, we were astonished by it. And, and it actually started, we've always been close to this found, foundation fighting blindness, which funds preclinical research for eye disease. They had actually helped identify the gene that led to that therapy um, for Yannick. And, um, and, you know, while we're walking around talking about this, we're, we're shopping at a Bloomingdale store uh, of all places. And if you are blind or visually impaired, sometimes shopping can be a big pain in the butt. You can't see the prices, the sizes, the labels that well. If it's a men's or women's shirt, made that mistake once. And uh, <laughs> we walk out, um, we walk out a half an hour later, and Brian and I had coincidentally purchased the same exact shirt. Because if you can't see all those things, we sort of run around like we're five years old, touching the shirts and figuring out if we like the way it feels. And then we do all the work to figure out if we want it. And this particular shirt was super soft, which led us to end up buying the same one. And, you know, we, we actually had to play rock, paper, scissors because Brian and I uh, weren't willing to wear the same clothes at that time. This is before we had our clothing <laughs> brand. Uh, but, then we, but then we had this aha moment, you know, Funding this research through the foundation fighting by it, it's hard to communicate 
um, you know, the tangible impact of that. What if we started a brand? What if we started something that the everyday person could participate in with two simple ideas? One, let's make the softest clothing that we possibly could with that vigilance to touch that have been part of our lives from reading Braille to shopping for clothes and to help find the next gene therapy, the next cure for retinal eye disease by donating all the profits, anything we made from it to the Foundation Fighting Blindness. And that's where the original idea for Two Blind Brothers started. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a phenomenal story. That's a phenomenal story. And so as you guys started the brand, right, how, what were the challenges in order to start this? Because we have a lot of entrepreneurs that are part of the listeners to the podcast, right? And I think going from one type of industry into retail, Right. Retail is it's like a spider web, I always like to say, right, because you really almost have to put your feet wet into every type of industry to really understand retail 180 degrees. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so what was that process for you guys? What were the challenges? What were the, what were the you know, the things that you really had to overcome, the things that really pushed you back? Did you have doubts when you were in the process of doing it? Hey, this is too complex. This is too much. Mm -hmm. I laugh because I don't think there was a single mistake two people could have made that we didn't. Uh, we really <laughs> tried our hardest to fail in every aspect of the business. It was almost unbelievable the amount of problems we, we created for ourselves. Uh, yeah, but the one nice thing, one big benefit is we actually started this project and I don't recommend this for anybody, but we didn't have a business plan. We didn't start being like, we're going to be this giant, you know, this, this giant, well-recognized, like, you know, global brand. We started with, we're going to make a few hundred shirts uh, and we're going to make, we're going to put, we're going to make a website. And this is essentially going to be our bake sale on the internet. You know, we're just going to put a lot of passion all right, some time on nights and weekends. We aren't going to be like Cortez and burn the ships. We are just going to, we're just going to really kind of slow play our way into this. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when we started, you know, frankly, <laughs> no one bought anything <laughs> for, you know, friends. The worst thing you can do to yourself is try and convince your friends and your family to buy anything you make. It is a absolute <laughs> Yes, I, could, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Be because you're not really understanding a customer base, right? People are just either the ones that do buy it, they buy it out of kindness, right? Or pityness or whatever the case might be, right? Because they're all oh, that tiny little project, right? And the other ones, they, they just kind of brush you off, right? But then you they never really that. start acquiring customers or understanding mm -hmm. that process. And then, so we actually had a friend who was a Starbucks barista by day, videographer by night, uh, Peter Rossler, who one day was like, hey guys, let me shoot a, a, a video for you guys, you know, and, uh, and you guys can put it out. And actually what happened was sat down on a Sunday, spent a few hours with him, and he put this whole beautiful video together that actually like brought, you know, almost us to almost tears because it just was such a, it just meant so much to us to see this. And we had never been on camera before and we put it out on Facebook. And just this extraordinary thing happened. This was in 2016. Mm. It just caught fire because the I, when we believe now is the authenticity, like our lack of knowledge. So we went to the only place we knew, which was authenticity. Here's our story. Here's who we are. Here's our mission. Here's our goal. Mm. 
And, you know, and it connect, it resonated with people on such a level in this visual impairment space. A lot of mothers out there, you know, really started connecting with the brand. As you said, who's your customer? We thought we were, it was going to be super cool 20, 30-year-old guys living in major metro areas. Now, it's, we just have a sea of moms, 45-plus-year-old <laughs> mothers who are, who are our number one customer. We love our moms. <laughs> And, and that, and, and, you know, just by that video going out and it really started to gain traction and then all the problems started coming in. How do you ship? How do you actually fulfill out of an apartment? Do we need to go get a warehouse? The fulfillment or the cut and sew can't keep up with demand. The button guy sent the wrong button. So now that all the shirts look stupid, it's just, it was one thing <laughs> after another. And, it, but, but the cool part was because we started with fun and passion in mind, that's mm -hmm. how we broached every topic was our, you know, let's make sure that we're still enjoying the process rather than getting bogged down in the minutia. Cause that's, what's going to kill us. Absolutely, absolutely. I think every every job, right? Every venture, every opportunity always has positives and negatives, right? But it's mm -hmm. if you're enjoying and you're loving what you're doing, then then the negatives just become fun adventures, right? To overcome. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I know you guys said, right, you didn't burn all the ships like Cortez type of thing, right? So that's really important, I think, because I think there's the two different types of mindsets, right? A lot of people like start a business, so they want to start a business, they feel like, hey, if I don't go 100% into this, then how am I going to succeed, right? And then there's the other side of the coin where it's like, hey, be a little bit more conservative, put all your extra time, because just like you have eight hours for your job, you have another eight hours, right? That you can be productive and dedicate to a second job. So from your experience, what do you guys recommend for anybody thinking to start their business or, or they're in that doubt that, hey, is my business not growing because I'm not dedicating enough time? Should I just leave everything behind and be 100% into this? What, what is your input on that? Uh, a couple things. One is, you know, I, I think about, I, it's been probably like 10, 15 years since I read it, but that book, Zero to One uh, by Peter Thiel, who talk, who, who's really talking about tech. Um, but, you know, the idea is that, you know, don't pursue a business unless you think it's 10 times better than the existing alternative. And obviously that's very hard to measure, but the, the principle that he's hitting on is, you know, th there's a lot of friction to get these things going and you have to have something to lean on that actually makes what you have better to justify doing it. Um, we had two things that helped us a lot. Um, one, we had a fun and a passion that was just unrivaled. We were going to do this regardless, you know. Um, we were going to do this regardless of the economic success. We were helping the foundation fighting blindness. We were helping a community that we cared about, right? So we had that big advantage. The mm -hmm. other advantage that we had is, um, you know, the, this the, the, this story and this authenticity. I mean, you know, we we're sort of in the middle of all these trends. People are being much more conscious about social impact. They're being much more conscious about what our brand's values. Um, you know, we're also seeing the rise, you know, the, there's been a big rise of like social media driven brands and personalities that play a role in that. And, and, and amongst all those things, we were sort of in the middle without knowing it. And that, that helped us a lot. Um, you, you know, I think, I think for somebody who's thinking about, Hey, I want to go out and I want to start a business. The two things that we say is, 
try to get a toehold before you quote unquote burn the ships. You know, when we left our jobs, it was after we had Ellen DeGeneres um, support us on her show and NBC Nightly News air a whole segment about what we were doing. And, and that's when we actually started hiring people and, and, and we were just then working on all these back orders. And the other thing I would say is, you know, I guess it relates to the first, but find that big partner. You know, for us, it was the media media aspect, but find that big partner, secure that one important critical client or channel before you jump. And that that's what we would, that's usually what the advice we give. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that's that's great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And so, as the as the business started growing, as a, as you know, two blind brothers started growing. Uh, what what did you guys find as the biggest challenge, right? For, from a retail standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two things. One is especially in the in the era of social advertising and e-commerce and, and kind of online retail, you have to stay so interesting because you're not just competing on these platforms with, you know, with just other re- advertisers in your space. You're not competing with other brands. You're competing with everything. You're competing with the Lakers game last night. You're competing with grandma's photos. You're competing with your best friend's wedding. You're, it's not, you're not in a box. You have to be more interesting than everything else on the platform. And staying that way can get really hard, especially as you get bigger. You know, for people that care tremendously about curing blindness and comfy clothing, we can be super interesting, just Brad and I, right? Like that, that might be enough. Well, just me. Brad is there for window dressing. If you aren't one, if you're just listening, he's extremely handsome. Uh, to some, just to mom. Uh, and so, it, but we have to be so interesting. And so you have to both stay to your core narrative, who you are, that authentic version of who two blind brothers is, but you also have to be able to pull it out just a little bit to stay relevant, to stay interesting, to stay, to stay, you know, to fascinating to larger audiences. And, mm-hmm. and the way we did that was we, we try to come up with what are extremely novel and unique fully integrated experiences. So we have a campaign called the shop blind experience where we take down everything on our website against all better judgment of every UX UI designer and intelligent marketer in the world. Uh, we stripped everything off our website. We just have a blank, a page with four price points and a question. Will you shop blind? Will you trust us? And we tell we tell the narrative of how when you're blind or you're visually impaired, trust is the most critical component that you learn. You have to trust the waiter to give you a rec- good recommendation. You have to trust the sales associate to actually say if the shirt looks good or not. You, have, you just have a thousand acts of tiny trust today, and they're all repaid in such a wonderful way. So we wanted to give people that authentic experience of just putting your trust in two people you don't know, and 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 with the guarantee that we're going to send you something that you're going to love because that's who we are and that's what we represent. And you know, kind of creating that campaign has been one of the greatest unlocks for our brand, and it helps us stay interesting and relevant in an extremely competitive world. Wow! No, that sounds like a phenomenal campaign. Who who is who is the brain behind that? Okay, so you're gonna hear this once. You're gonna hear this only once. 
I got to give credit to Brad. Okay. I, I said it. If you want to edit that out, I wouldn't hate you for it, but uh, <laughs> I had, I had the idea of taking doing it for one product. Brad is always very good at expanding, making the idea from just like, okay, that's okay, but let's actually make it significantly bigger. Cause we'd rather succeed with a 10 X or, mm-hmm. or fail with a zero than just have some marginal uptick. Mm. You, you know, Carlos, the other thing, first of all, thank you, Brian. It's nice to be acknowledged for once. Um, but, um, you know, your question about like, what was our biggest challenges? You know, I, I, you know, I think I'm a big believer now that like the right path for, 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 you know, a, for a brand is product, then the operations and infrastructure, and then the sizzle. And Brian and I actually, because we didn't know any better, it sort of happened a little backwards for us. Um, and and as Brian mentioned earlier, all the production, the fulfillments, and I, I mean everything, you know, all getting everything in place, and then coming back and reevaluating the product. I mean, that was all that that created a lot of headaches for us. Oh yeah, I I can't imagine this, especially since you guys realize that you're target audience was completely different than what you were expecting, right? As you were able to mention, right? We became moms and switching all of that product line, right? I'm assuming, I'm assuming must've been a big challenge. So, and I, but I think that brings a very good topic, right? Cause I think a lot of times when we start a business, right? As entrepreneurs, we get lost in, in our own personal ideas, right? Cause we set up these goals or these mindsets that, Hey, this is, this is going to be my target audience. And this is how I'm going to achieve it. And then, like you guys said, right. It's going to be cool, hip guys, you know, going out there wearing comfy shirts. Right. But um, at what point, right. Or what allowed you to realize, Hey, my vision is not necessarily my customer. Right. Because I think a lot of businesses fail because they never let that go. Right. They, they always have this obsession about a specific type of customer they want. And a lot of times they will end up firing their target audience, right? Just trying to acquire the audience that it's never going to be there. You know, look, I, I don't think you've, I mean, you, you've picked a good time to bring up that question. I think there's been some examples in the media of brands that have struggled with that a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the nice part now is that we live in the world of real-time performance. You know, um, you can run an ad for a product that you're developing and see what the traction is. I mean, you can, you know, you, you can you can do four different creative messages on the same product and see which one resonates. So, you, you know, th- that is, you know, that, that's certainly a challenge and you can't be so... Um, you know, such a fundamentalist that you, 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 you can't adapt, but the nice part is the data are at least there to help inform you. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I think listening to the data is, is pivotal, right? Because data never lies. Right. And it's just a matter of shifting gears or shifting the boat to the, whichever way the data is guiding you towards. And, and with that, I mean, I know you guys mentioned that uh, all of the proceeds for the company, right. They go back to helping the foundation. So how did you guys put the structure together in order to be able to support that in the long run? Yeah. So when you start a business, like you think it's going to be an online bake sale, as I said, you don't make the best decisions early. <laughs> You're really not thinking about, you know, 
sending hundreds of thousands of packages out. You're thinking about, hey, let's send five. This will be perfect. Uh, so, you know, we came up with the concept that we were going to donate 100% of our profits because that's what was important to us is just go is, is making that donation. And it has created and we, we've stayed true to that for to, even today. Like we, we haven't deviated from our mission to donate 100% of our profits to help cure blindness. And, and to that, I think we've, we've donated over $1.5 million to research so far. Wow. Congratulations, and, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. I mean, when we started this, our goal was like, we just set an arbitrary goal of a million dollars. We're just like, and we never thought it would even come close to that, but you got to set your benchmarks. And we, when we passed it, you just start thinking, oh my God, maybe there's a chance we can make a real impact on these diseases. Maybe one of these researchers we're donating to actually is going to be the one with the next cure because you're funneling enough money into this system where there are brilliant, brilliant scientists, scientists, Tits, and we are on the five yard line of curing a lot of these diseases. There's 40 some odd clinical trials in the eye space right now working on finding cures. And we don't know which one is going to be the big one, but it or or an amalgamation of all 40 kind of leading to that cure, kind of the way science goes. So it's really, we're really proud of it and it's something that we, we really focus on. And from the business perspective, you know, it, it does create unique challenges, right? We we have we can't, we don't. You know, we don't we haven't taken on outside investors because that isn't, you know, they, uh, there's no there's no kind of room for giant return for them. But one thing that <laughs> we need. <laughs> yeah. Zero. Zero. Uh, zero times anything, I believe, is zero, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not, but there's a hundred times love there. So whatever if you're interested in just giving us some money to make this work, I am with you. Uh so no, but we um the, what we've actually done, and this has been the great thing, is a lot of our partners that we work with in the in our fulfillment centers, in our in our advertising partners, in our production partners, and all of that. We have kind of had great terms on, so we actually can run the business from a good cash flow perspective to because of kind of the the the, the preferential terms. Because a lot of these businesses understand what our mission is, and they want to connect with it. They they feel a part of it, and that they get to be a part of that joy. And that's one of those unbelievable unlocks you get when you run a authentically cause focused company is you'll find partners that care about the cause alongside you and they'll treat you less like a vendor or less like a client and more kind of like uh, friends and family. And that's been something that's really helped our business in that, in that aspect of just of that level of kindness has, has kind of astounded us. And, and just to be helpful to anyone who's listening to this and wants to do their own thing or thinks about how, how to set up this structure, um, you know, the working capital issue comes up, you know, because how do you finance that when you give all your profits away? Um, you know, it, it, one, it totally hamstrings our growth. You know, if we wanted to triple our business ne next year, there wouldn't be a real practical way for us to do that because, because we'd have to figure out how to finance that, you know, and, and we have a committed mission. We're not going to change it. Um, but you know, that, that's just the way we set this up. So, um, and that gives and in a way it actually gives us some, some advantages because it, it makes our, it, it creates really bright lines for us. And then just the other thing is this is just a very practical thing. It's called a commercial co-venture agreement where you can actually assign, it's actually a profit sharing agreement with a charity. And that, uh, that 
helps you figure out sort of what would otherwise be tax consequences, which is if anyone's sort of going down the rabbit hole on this. Um, no, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing. And, and, I, and I think you guys touched on something very important, right? Uh, overall, fundamentally, it's about finding the right partners that, that are willing to pay it forward. Right. And I think that that's such a such a big concept in anything that you do in life. Right. If you're willing to pay it forward and talking about paying it forward, I'm sure your story, I'm sure the, the business you guys have started has inspired other people. Right. And I'm sure you have gotten letters. Would you like sharing maybe a story with us or a testimonial from somebody that really got inspired into doing something positive for their environment, their community? Right. Uh, yeah, I I can or oh, but, but, no, you got it, Dave. I'll, I'll you're 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 you. you well, share. look, Carlos, I'm going to share you know some stories that, frankly, you know Brian and I can't forget, and and you know they 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 hit us very powerfully the first couple times we heard about them. But um, I remember early on when we started to get some media, a guy wrote in to our customer service line. He said, you know, my name's Joe. I'm a college student. I'm 19 years old. Um, I was just diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. Now, retinitis pigmentosa, it's a disease where you start to, so you lose your night vision, you slowly lose your peripheral vision. It kind of closes in over time. Sort of the end stage, you know, part of the end stage, you're sort of looking through two straws, but you, uh, oftentimes you'll go completely blind. So he said, I was just diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa. He says, I've been sleeping a lot. He says, and then the next sentence he wrote broke our hearts. He said, I've been sleeping a lot because I'd rather be asleep where I still dream in 2020 vision instead of being awake, knowing that I'm living this nightmare. Wow. And he, went, and he went on to say, you know, Hey, you know, I found you guys on social media. I saw, I found some other people, you know, that had what I had and just wanted to thank you guys. Cause I've just felt connected for the first time in a while. Um, so that, that stood out to us. And, um, um, you know, I could tell you stories like that all day long, but the fact of the matter is Brian and I were diagnosed with this, this condition as kids, and we know what our mom went through probably harder on her than it was on us because we were too young to understand it. And so I'll tell you, although we make apparel and we use kind of fun social media ads to sort of drive a lot of that. And, and at the end of the day, the greatest thing that we feel like we can produce is helping connect that person who is recently diagnosed. I mean, it's almost like for us being able to go back in time to someone like our mom or us and say, Hey, here, here are two guys. And, you know, just check, check out how they're handling it. And, you know, that is one of the greatest kind of messages of our brand. Absolutely. Well, and, and one last thing I want to ask, guys, you know, I, I always ask this of all of our guests, if you had one piece of advice, right, to share with all of our listeners out there, right, that they're running through their business, maybe they're starting, maybe they're halfway through, maybe they're as big as you guys are, right, or they're running into some challenges, what would be the one piece of advice you would like to give to them? Uh, yeah, I got, I got one. I, I think the thing I always come back to is the worst anybody can do is say no. All, just asking that question, asking for that favor, asking for that advice, getting, you know, go, doing any of that stuff, all that can come back is just a no. 
and then you can move on and go from there and, and, and keep achieving. But I feel like sometimes we all get ourselves bogged down in this idea of framing the perfect thing and designing the perfect structure and making sure when all, when we could save ourselves about a lifetime's worth of work, just by asking the simple question and hearing the yes or the no, if it's going to happen. So I think the worst anybody can do for you is say no. So why not just ask quickly? Absolutely. Do I get one too? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Of course. <laughs> so no, waiting for you no you don't. Answer no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's good. Um, I, I was trying to think of a really good one while Brian was talking. Um, you know, I think... Uh, you don't listen to me when I talk? That, that, come on. This is like meant to be like a three-way conversation. Somebody gave us this advice early on. It was really good for us. Um, I don't know if it's the best advice I could ever possibly think of, but it's, it's good stuff. He said, you know, every time the business grows by like 30%, something breaks, you, you know, and, and, and it's just true throughout the whole system, you know, whether it's like, oh, your fulfillment's centered, you now you need a second one or the cut and sew or the person who you had running xyz you know sort of this is surpassing their abilities you know so every time the third you know um you grow by 30 percent, something in the company is going to break and so be mindful to build for an iteration or two and just be, be prepared that that's going to happen great well thank you so much guys for your time i greatly appreciate it for everybody out there listening you know this is a wonderful very inspiring story of two blind brothers uh, check them out if you don't know about them. Purchase something, right? Extra comfy clothing. I'm going to definitely go purchase something myself. And uh, for anybody that needs help, you know, we're going to put their contact information and their team, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to share some of their, their stories and their experiences and obviously their knowledge now uh, so that you guys can grow as well. So thank you for guys so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys on our next episode. And uh, Bradford and Brian, thanks so much for your time. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.